0: Hi everyone, A Squared here, the atypical anaesthetist. So after the religious deep dive of the last two episodes, a bit of a change of track. People often say that being a dentist isn't that interesting and they make the ironic joke that it's just as fun as extracting teeth. Well... I'm going to be extracting info from someone who is anything but not interesting. A dentist, a podcaster, a digital creator and someone who for the sake of their discipline and career has moved halfway across around the world. Joining me today is Indian dentist, Dr. Huma. We'll very much enjoy having a chat with her. And I hope you guys li- enjoy it too. Hello. Good afternoon, hey. Dr. Huma. Can you hear me?
1: Uh, yes, I can hear you now.
0: All right. Sorry. <clears throat> A few technical issues probably uh, due to the Anchor platform. Um, so thank you for coming on to today's Atypical Anesthetist podcast. Uh, How do we find you today on this uh, sort of dreary spring afternoon?
1: I I mean, um, I think since uh, I have moved to this country, uh, the past few days have been like really amazing when it comes to weather. And I'm in love with the sun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And especially the long days as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I think I like the shorter days better, but with the sun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the, the thing about the UK is that you can get all four seasons in one day. I remember once it snowed in the morning, then it started raining, then it became bright and it was quite warm by the evening. All of that in one day. So uh, yeah. that can happen.
1: You know what? I feel like if you don't like the weather, you just have to walk for five minutes and then it's completely different again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, actually. That's a good point. You know, just around the corner it'll be completely different. Yeah, so, um, as I said, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, So the reason I wanted to get you on was the question, why? Um, So first, why the question, why? We do a lot of things in our lives, you know, we um, choose specific careers, we choose specific places, um, and I'm always interested in people's rationale for the things that they do. Um, and there were a couple of elements, uh, in your story, which I found quite interesting. Um, uh, firstly, um, you know, obviously the fact that you have, you're doing a professional career, um, you are, um, uh, you know, a dentist by profession. Secondly, um, the fact that as well as being a dentist, you're also something completely different, which is a podcaster and digital creator. Um, which I thought was an interesting uh, dichotomy. And then also there's the, uh, the difference in that you move from one end of the world to another end of the world. And with um, immigration and all this always in the news over the last couple of years, I thought that would be an interesting uh, topic to um, explore as well.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I've made a lot of choices, uh, which are not so normal for people to take, especially for like women or girls. Uh, Yeah, so I mean, a lot of things, uh, you know, why I chose them would have like, not much meaning to it. It, I was just given like two options, and I had to pick one and I chose the one which I really radiated towards. So it's it's pretty basic of why I chose them, but 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 yeah, like when you select each question on its own and then try to analyze, it's it's like oh my god, it's like I'm analyzing my whole life right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, sometimes I find that whenever, when you have these kinds of conversations, often truths become apparent that the person themselves didn't realize. You know, um, as to, so as you know, I'm an anaesthetist, the name, atypical anaesthetist. And it was only really after getting the job and working in it for maybe, you know, seven, eight months that I thought to myself, this is what I want to continue. Maybe not even seven, eight months, maybe a year, actually, before I thought, actually, this is the specialty that I want to uh, subspecialize in. So, um, I suppose the easiest question of the lot is, why dentistry?
1: Um, So, I think it it started with my obsession of being a doctor since I was a kid, like any other normal kid in India. Uh, Also, like uh, you know that like it did not change with time uh, because I was influenced by other doctors in my family, like. I didn't have uh, doctors in my mom's side of the family, but like my dad's side of the family had some of my cousins who were doctors and I would like look at them and, you know, kind of be inspired. Most of the girls in my dad's family are doctors. And also like my aunt, like like, I used to spend my summer holidays at my grandma's house and uh, my aunt is a medical microbiologist. So she used to like, you know, take us to the hospital with her. And we used to like wait in her cabin. And then uh, once her class is over, she used to like, you know, take us to the lab and show us things under the microscope. And all of that, you know, kind of inspired me, uh, inspired my learning into biology um, to begin with. And later on, you know, like also on the other hand, like I hated maths. (laughs) So okay. I didn't want to uh, pursue uh, a degree in maths. Uh, but I really love biology. So that is how it kept growing. And um, I think after my in my PUC, of uh, of course, I choose PCMB. And uh, later, what happened was, um, like, I was the first daughter in my house. So um, I had no idea about, you know, how things work. Like, uh, when I was trying to get into medicine, uh, India had like different exams. Like we had KCT, we had MSET, we had NEET and we had Comet K. And some of the private colleges had their own uh, exams as well. So I remember once that I went to Manipal University and uh, I entered the museum there. And they have the one of the most fascinating... Uh, human museums with all the anatomical structures like just placed in jars and uh, maybe to a 12-13 year old kid that was like oh it's so amazing this is what I want to do this is what I learn I want to learn about the human body and things like that so yeah so I feel like um, all these things kind of uh, pushed me to take uh, into medicine and yeah also going back to the thing that there were a lot of exams. So I had written um, about three to four exams, which were uh, separated by, you know, a few days, but in months. So in a span of about two months, I had to take four major exams and, you know, follow up with uh, each of those. And also, we didn't have uh, online counseling, we had offline counseling, where which meant that A newspaper will publish the date when you have the counselling for one particular exam and you keep in track of all the dates and then you are physically present in the exam hall where the seats are allotted. So I got into medicine through Comet K and I missed to appear for the counselling because I was so busy with so many things going on that I forgot uh, I mean, I, I had no idea that they have announced uh, the dates for counseling for Comet K and I did not go for the counseling. And that is how I missed my medical seat. On the other hand, like in all the other exams, I qualified um, uh, for the seat of dentistry. And in one exam, I qualified for the seat of medicine, which I accidentally um, did not attend so yeah and when I went uh for the second round uh obviously when the uh when it was announced the first round was done and the second round they had a few seats remaining so they called uh the students up again so when I went for the second round I remember the guy in front of me got the last medical seat and okay
0: uh, so you yeah, just so, missed out yeah so so yeah
1: that that was the uh Reason I think why I chose dentistry because, I, but like before before becoming a dentist, I honestly had never been to a dentist myself.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll uh, well, worry about your oral health then if you've never been to a dentist. <laughs> but okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I, like, but, uh, do you think that actually the demarcation between medicine and dentistry is really an artificial one? I mean, it's not. I mean, it's still. It's dental surgery, isn't it? it you need, should it be, It's really more of a subspecialty of medicine than its own thing, surely.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, in a way, yes, because uh, most of the things that we uh, learn in medicine are also the things that we learn in first year, second year, or even third year um, of dentistry. We learn all of pharmacology, all of anatomy, I mean, uh, up to the head and neck. And the general surgery, the general medicine, all of it, because, you know, a mouth doesn't walk to you, a person walks to you. So you need to know the basics of everything. But on the other hand, I feel like uh, at some places, dentistry is more about art and uh, how well a dentist can simulate the, uh, you know, the natural tooth anatomy, which is present in the mouth. And yeah, I mean, also it extends to the maxillofacial region. But I kind of feel like dentists should stop, uh, you know, this thing where dentists are not doctors, dentists are, I think, I mean, I think it's okay that dentists are not doctors. I think it's, it's perfectly all right for a dentist to just be called dentist and be happy about it.
0: Well, I mean that's the way it is in this country. I mean it's actually quite strange for me when I go to India to see uh, dentists called doctors. I find that quite odd, um, really? because because in the UK it's it's not a thing. But I mean your point about you know the artistry part of it. Well, I and mean, surely that is also true of the surgical disciplines in medicine. You know, general surgery, plastic surgery, mm-hmm. orthopedic surgery. Surely it's the same. I have a theory and this is just that a lot of the boundaries that we have in between specialties and even within fields and things like that are more accidents of history rather than being, um, uh, you know, something that has been well thought out. For example, if you look at medicine, uh, for people who don't know, when you uh, study for medicine, you actually get two degrees. You get Bachelor of Medicine, Bachelor of Surgery mbbs uh or sometimes Mm -hmm. it's in latin or whatever mbchb as it was in my university now actually what uh, what really is the difference between medicine and surgery it's still you still need to know this kinds of anatomy physiology pharmacology Mm -hmm. xyz right the actual basis the knowledge basis is in the same ballpark but because at least in the uk uh, med- uh the medical specialties and the surgical specialties developed differently um with different uh royal colleges and things like that. It was they were always thought to be kind of separate uh initially. Um and there used to be this kind of snobbery of medicine the medics versus the surgeons and then vice versa as well over the last couple of hundred years until maybe about Victorian times when it was recognized that you know, these two were basically, you know, different aspects of the same discipline of, you know, looking Mm -hmm. after a patient's health. And therefore you ended up with this kind of combined uh, degree. And I often wonder whether dentistry is something similar like that. For example, in this country, at least in the UK, the first ever surgeons weren't actually medically qualified. Um, You know, they were... uh, People who were in, you know, the kind of physical disciplines, you know, uh, barbers, hairdressers, and uh, butchers. These were the first people who ever, because they were dealing with, you know, bodily organs and they knew anatomy, even if they didn't know it, they did know the anatomy of whatever they were Mm -hmm. doing. Obviously, that was many hundreds of years ago. But I often wonder whether dentistry also kind of came along like that. And if you were designing now a specialty to deal with oral health and dental health, it would not just be another subdivision of medicine and surgery, rather than being its own discrete course and thing. I mean, when you look at, uh, I mean, I do, uh, when I work in uh, the operating theater, I sometimes work with maxillofacial surgeons and they've Mm -hmm. actually done two degrees. They've done uh, dentistry and then they've done medicine because the work that they do Um, requires them to have a broader um, knowledge of the patient rather than just, um, uh, you know, the head and neck area. So I wonder whether actually, you know, if, I mean, it will probably, it will never happen, but, you know, maybe in the future we may well start seeing um, more uh, in the same way that the Bachelor of Medicine and the Bachelor of Surgery became one thing Mm -hmm. that maybe you know the bachelor of dental surgery will also become just part of uh, medicine medicine surgery. Uh,
1: I mean yeah I mean the fact that you were talking about the butchers and the barbers being uh, uh, like doctors and in the past few I mean decades ago but that i think it's the same when it comes to dentistry because barbers did perform two treatments because even if you look at the chair that the barber has and the ancient dental chairs they were like kind of similar so
0: ah yes um, that's a good point i'd never yeah, thought of that that's a very yeah. good point
1: so so yeah uh barbers were actually dentists uh, you know way back in time but uh also you know when you when i i feel like dentistry and medicine yes kind of overlap again and again because most of the systemic conditions that are present in the body like you know first reflect in the oral cavity and so you need to have the th- thorough knowledge of all the systemic decision, uh, diseases that occur in people of different regions and what oral presentations that they have uh, that that is a thing and the second thing is uh, you know back in India once um, there was also in news uh, that uh, MBBS doctors could do a small extension course in order to, uh, uh, you know, take uh, dental patients in their clinics as well. And uh, similarly, it was there, were, there was also talks about, uh, you know, dental doctors uh, continuing um, to become a doctor by continue by having a bridge education from the third year of mbbs so if i am a bds dentist and i want to be a doctor i had to uh, you know uh, join third year of mbbs and then continue to be a doctor so there were talks like this going uh, going on around uh, which never became the actual action plan i mean they are not so far but uh, now India talking about increasing the number of doctors. I don't know for what, but they they want to yes, increase I, our-
0: yeah, yeah, I was gonna to get to that point actually. Because mm-hmm. you mentioned you mentioned um that, you know, you, you had you know this uh, you know interest in doing medicine and you kind of said in a kind of throwaway comment, you know, like so many people in India had this fascination in with medicine. Mm-hmm. Um and that made me think. You could, there's a joke that you can go to certain parts of India, throw a stone, and it will land on a doctor because (laughs) there's so many uh doctors, and there are you know so many different medical colleges. Um, in you know, they have private medical colleges there, you know, not just government ones like we have in the UK. What is this fascination with Indians becoming doctors?
1: Uh, I don't know, like, um, I have. Uh, I had seen this stand-up comedy uh in which you know Asians like not just Indians Asians want their kids to be doctors so that they can earn more money uh not because that they can help people but uh, you know because it's it's being a doctor is something which is a very well respected uh profession in India like you you be a teacher oh, okay she's just a teacher but if you're a doctor it's like Oh, she's a doctor, and and th- I think that is the main reason why people in India want to become doctors, which is you know again, may it's 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 not the real thing. I mean, why would you want to be a doctor just to? I think it's it's based on a superficial region, and most of them are fascinated by that.
0: Yes, I mean it. Yeah, I mean, it's one reason which, I mean, it, it kind of gets me a little bit of, you know, mm-hmm. you need to have your priorities straight, I think, if you're doing medicine and dentistry. Yes, I can understand, you know, there are, you know, I'm not naive, you know, there are monetary and uh, other societal factors, but I find it very, I think it would be very difficult to excel in a subject as, like medicine if you don't have uh, the object of your uh, study, which is the patient being at the forefront of your mind. I um uh as i said maybe i'm being a bit idealistic um if anybody wants to hear my further thoughts on that they can always uh, uh listen to your podcast Indian dentist where i uh, had a mini yeah, rant about this um in this uh in the other part of this collaborative uh, uh feat which actually dovetails quite nicely into Well, then why get into podcasting and other digital creation? Uh, How did that happen?
1: Uh, So, yeah, I started a dental page when I was about in second year. Because, uh, you know, like as a dental student, most of the time you study things which are, um, you know, put up in your syllabus for you to master the technique, but then they are no longer in use. So if if I'm like um, reading about something, say like I was part of different, different groups from uh, dentists from different countries. So there was a group from Iran and they used to post such um, high technology or like, you know, some new technique surgeries which were like you know quite interesting to me and things that I have not really seen uh in my school or things going on going around me or the things that I am practicing were very different from that and that is and I wanted to connect with people and know what kind of practicing at what levels are they practicing what are the new things that you know they have incorporated the different also uh, at some point when I started podcasting, I was kind of in doubt about what I want to do next as a dentist. And I had no answer for me then. So, yeah, so that, that's how it started, actually, like talking. Uh, I mean, if you have uh, gone through uh, my podcast, you can see like I have spoken to equine dentists, which are basically dentists for the horses. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I've speaking to, spoken to people who are into research and people who are in Dubai and people who have re- learned from uh, different countries like France and everybody had a different you know, approach of practicing. And yeah, I know that it's ideal for the community that they are practicing in, but that doesn't mean that we cannot learn from the experience that they have had and check if we can apply similar things in our own practice so uh, maybe that and maybe just to like you know bridge a gap and know more about what's going on in dentistry worldwide
0: surely though a lot of that work uh, is done during through the professional associations professional journals uh, mm-hmm. things of that sort um, surely Um, you know in dental journals you'll have case reports of uh, x uh, technique being used for y or whatever it may be Mm -mm. so um what did you think you would be able to offer differently in this medium than the traditional uh journal course conference medium
1: uh i don't know if you know but uh it's really difficult to get access to journals if you are a like, you know, undergraduate student in India. Uh, when I was like, you know, when I wanted to get um, to reading journals for a particular thing that I was working on, um, it's like, I need to go to the library. I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, hassle there. Like, I need to, um, like, you know, only the, uh, we don't have, like, as you have, uh, things available for students over here like when i enrolled uh, for my master's program here i have my own id and i, I, I have free access to pubmed i have free access to alzheimer i have free yeah. access to student direct uh, sorry science direct but in india it's not like that so if you want to access to journals you either need to pay for it and uh, also you don't have your college or university email id so and your personal email id just is not accepted by most of these uh, websites because they don't trust you that I mean they have no proof that you are a doctor or a dentist or a student so it was it was like I need to go to the library request the librarian to help me find articles on blah 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 and then he would do it and then he would give it to me in a pen drive so I think it's it's a lot of hassle
0: Hmm. So, in a sense, you're kind of—it's part of this whole democratization of knowledge that the internet has provided, where it's um, using—you know—everyday smartphones and um, you know tablets and laptops and whatever you can access things that yeah, traditionally I think... have been a lot more difficult to access
1: yeah and also like one other thing that i was inspired by was um listening to ted ed actually um you know there are a lot of interesting topics which
0: yeah
1: people speak of uh, and i could it was so simple that i just had to like you know log in on my phone and play it while i'm to work in my car and it's like much more easier and you know you can just get it right away rather than going through this entire process
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: i'm just lazy in a way
0: <laughs> i know i mean it's uh it is actually amazing at least okay i mean obviously you're of a different generation but when i think of um you know how it was when i was at university or uh things like that you know i was you know i was just there really at the birth of the internet age and. You know, I think to myself how life, how much easier life would have been studying or things like that if I had Wikipedia and all these other resources, you know, just on my phone, rather than having to, you know, actually put the hard yards in and working. Um, life would have been a lot easier, I think. Um, that's not to say that it is easy to do any of these courses, but um, I'm, it, it definitely made things more accessible to people. Um, the internet, the smartphone, the social networks. Why did you choose um, Instagram specifically as your as one of your mediums?
1: Uh, mostly because, um, I mean, even I got access to the internet and smartphones when I just entered BDS. So it was like when I was in the first year of BDS, that was my first smartphone with internet and everything. So uh, like... You know, Facebook was not that user-friendly. Like, if I want to start a page uh, with the name Indian Dentist, uh, it would be like, I need to provide an ID that I'm actually the person and it's not a business or whatever. And at that stage, it was like, I didn't... When I initially started my uh, page, I was like, you know, kind of skeptical about what people around me will think perception they'll have about me so I was like very like naive that way I I just uh, gave what others think about me a lot like you know a lot of uh, overthinking over there so yeah it was it was a page which was like run by a person but it was run anonymously most of the content which I posted back then was uh, posted anonymously so yeah uh, Facebook was not uh, something which was like you know okay with that kind of interface and Instagram was like more private. Like I could decide if my profile can be public or private and I could accept requests. And uh, like, if somebody shares something, then it, you know, it was like more secure and most of the people of my generation were also like basically on Instagram Mm -hmm. rather than Facebook. So that's why.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I keep hearing of Instagram influencers. And i uh-huh. I and I'm someone who is very much into technology. Um, I mean, you know, previous episodes have talked about my fascinations with Android and computing in general and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-mm. I still don't exactly understand what an Instagram influencer is. And how an Instagram influencer becomes so successful. I understand how a YouTuber becomes successful. I understand how someone on, you know, Twitter, for example, but I don't understand. I don't understand this. Can you explain it to me? You know, maybe I'm just getting old, but I don't get it.
1: (laughs) Most uh, importantly, Instagram, I think uh, it, it, it starts with when you have about 3,000, 4,000 followers and people in your local area are like, oh, people from like, you know, a particular area follow this person a lot. And then the local businesses are like, yeah, okay, let's, let's just, you know, advertise our products through them. So this happened with me also, like when I was in Bangalore, uh, because most of the people uh, who followed me on Instagram were from Bangalore. Um, and there were most of my audiences also like dentists and dental students um i started getting products from say people who were selling toothbrushes people who were selling masks uh people like you know like or a or, cura or, i don't know if i should mention the name please cut that out so okay. uh yeah yeah so uh people with um you know water flosses and people who are promoting uh, oral health through one of their products they just uh, or scrubs medical scrubs they they just uh, send their products and asks you to post something about it and everybody i think uh, who is on instagram is kind of moved by the trends and what people are wearing and what people are using and how a dentist keeps her teeth white and what masks she's using so yeah, so that's, that's how and they pay you per post, like, um, if I'm doing an ad for a post, uh, or a post about or a story for somebody, then uh, they send me the product, I get the product for free, and they also pay me for the product. So I mean, for posting it on my page. So I think that's how Instagram influences really work and uh, sadly i feel like most of them don't even use the product that they are given and uh, it's it's just basically ads and people blindly ba- following my-
0: how big do you think uh, this is
1: i mean it's i feel like it's really big people have about 26 30 30- people following them. I think the highest one is Cristiano Ronaldo. He has about three hundred million people or something following him. Mm. So you know there are so many users.
0: But I mean, those it. are but th- those are people who are already famous yeah. for other things, isn't it? You know, Cristiano Ronaldo has mm. been a. I was watching a. a of goals thing from a previous world cup and i realized that he'd been scoring one of my kids is a fan of cristiano ronaldo and i realized that he'd been scoring goals for portugal before that boy had been born you know so <laughs> um so a lot of a, a lot of people are already on there already famous but people who aren't people who as i said come out from nowhere and then suddenly um become big um can see how it happens from what you've said now i can see how it happens um it's interesting maybe guys i shall start an instagram page myself um because hey if there's free money available i'm not gonna say no to it (laughs) you know um which uh brings us on to the last why probably uh which is um we well, you're not in Bangalore. You're in Birmingham now. So how and why did that happen?
1: Ah, uh, so that is another part. Um, so yeah, as I said, um, after I finished my BDS, um, I was I, I was actually working as a you know junior dentist and shadowing dentists in my area when I was a second year student. And I knew how the system is and how things dentists in India or at least the city that I was in. And um, yeah, and the pay the pay that I would get I was like not happy with that either. Uh, but but you know that was a pay for a dental student. But yeah, still still not happy. And um, and simultaneously, I started my podcast, moved to Bangalore from Gulbarga, and. As soon as I moved from Gulbarga to Bangalore, I saw this sudden shift. Like, you know, um, the dentists uh, had better facilities for their patients. Their patients were open to paying more for the treatments. So it went hand in hand uh, on how the patient is getting treated and what services they are being provided with and the quality of care as well. So, yeah, I honestly like um, when I started and initially as a dental student and when I used to observe certain things I'd get really frustrated by how some dentists work that's really <laughs> upsetting to say cruel uh, also. What,
0: what do you mean um, what do you mean by you are frustrated by their work do you mean clinically or
1: this this the setup the addict. Uh, the way they would sterilize instruments, the basic things, and also like the clinical work, you know, like these people that I used to work for had a postgraduate degree, and um, they're working on patients like every day. And their work is, you know, I when I look at that work, I, I don't want my work to be like that ever, like ever. So, I don't. Yeah.
0: So, so would I be? Is it too far for me to say that they're? work was substandard
1: yeah kind of I mean at least I felt that way
0: okay um so but they've got lots of qualifications so surely the more qualifications you've got the better standard of care you can give
1: uh see I think that is something which could be different from person to person I mean I know my friends who were in my batch who were just like maybe just passed out and I know the quality of care that they were willing to give their patient and the type of work that they had and I would anyway prefer my colleague to be my dentist rather than the one who I used to work for at that time I I, I mean, I
0: mean I mean that's a little bit worrying isn't it I mean you know you're because you're now in a major city you're now you know in major institutions um you know you, you it's kind of the opposite isn't it you know the 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 brand new doctor or uh, doctor or dentist has just come out from for people who don't know gulbarga is only a medium sized town large town just about a city not exactly the biggest place in when especially in context of india you know compared to bangalore an international city metro you know, internationally world-renowned as the, the Silicon Valley of uh, of India. um, And yet, you're describing a decrease in the quality? No, no, no. Them. I mean,
1: uh, I mean uh, when I was working in Gulberga, like, I worked in about three, four clinics, and this was one of the doctors that I was talking about who had, like, really substandard work. I, I mean, I'm not saying, uh, like that all the dentists are so, Uh, because um, I worked with, I also worked with like uh, Dr. Wasim and there was Dr. Sharon, who had such, uh, you know, good, uh, like they had like really good uh, quality services and they really took good care of their patients and made sure that their appointments are placed on time and everything. And they had a pretty good setup as well.
0: Okay. So Okay, so I'm again I'm slightly a bit confused now then. So Okay, okay let so, me get. Ta- so, ta- 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 yeah, so so <laughs> what was then the a uh the drive then uh to you know um you know make yeah. this massive jump to go from Bangalore to Birmingham.
1: So yeah, so firstly like I worked uh, in Gulbarga with three to four doctors. And I, I mean, I really loved some of them, but then some of them I didn't. And I think the last one that I worked with was the one that I didn't. And then I decided to move from um, Gulbarga to Bangalore. And then when I reached Bangalore, I was preparing for the NEET exam. And simultaneously, uh, I was working in a clinic uh, with another doctor who has actually uh, done his BDS, MDS in India. And he also had experience from Australia and USA. So he had done fellowship in USA. Uh, And I, when I went to his clinic, that was the type of clinic that I wanted to own. And I could see that, you know, the difference in the type of patients that they visit and the kind of services that he provides and the, the quality of care that he gives, basically. So I was inspired by everything that's going on in Bangalore. And, okay, I
0: see, I see now. Yeah, that, made that, yeah, that makes me I understand yeah. now, yeah.
1: So after that, like, I was, you know, even at this point, uh, I was not, not quite sure about myself if I would be able to secure a place in a college which is not in India. You know, I had my self-doubts, so... Uh, yeah, when I was like preparing for the NEAT exam simultaneously, I thought, let me just apply to the colleges in UK. And I selected UK because, um, I don't know, like Canada has like really, uh, difficult, uh, process for dentists. Like they have an exam that we need to take and that's, uh, or a course, which is like five years and, uh. Also, like, when I was thinking about Australia, I knew that it had its own drawbacks as well. Like, uh, I heard from people who have been there that, um, like, you know, Australians usually prefer people from Australia to be their dentists, and they don't really trust Indian dentists. So even if there are a good amount of dentists there, they don't have patients to work with. Um, and then I had UK, which actually had these courses, which aligned with the time that I have in my life that I could dedicate towards, uh, you know, being a more trained professional. So there the, were the courses for a year, two years and three years, it fit into my financial budget as well. And uh, it kind of gave me a surety that whatever I'm investing in my education, I can take it back, uh, you know, uh, that was also a very important part for me um, because i know like in, in in india when i was like writing uh, neat and um, the fees i think per per year or overall it's about 30 lakhs if you if you are taking a payment seat and so for uh, so
0: for people who don't understand that's 3 million rupees uh,
1: and and to earn back 30 lakhs in india as a postgraduate dentist who has opened a clinic right now and also like opening a clinic is also an investment that you need to make after you're done with your studies and uh, yeah to earn all that money back it's going to take me like 5 years 6 years i don't know maybe more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah that that was one thing and and i knew i knew that if i um, get a course in uk uh, if i get 2 years of post study work visa uh, like you know, the minimum—if uh, even if I take the minimum that I'm going to earn in a year is twenty-five thousand pounds, which is equal to the amount that I put in for my college for one year. And it's—it's mm-hmm. it's like I'm getting a—I'm getting a master's degree. The time duration is less. I'll be able to pay back my fees. And upon that, like you know, I—I I have a choice of either continuing in the UK or I could if 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 I want to go back to India then I can I can do that as well and also Mm -hmm. having a degree from UK will enable me to work in other countries as well because you know a degree from India might not be acceptable in other countries but then if I have a master's from UK then they could consider me
0: so what differences have you noticed to life in the UK I mean, generally, life in the UK Mm -hmm. as opposed to life in India?
1: Um, I think I I, I don't have the right to speak much about it, I think, because it's about only two and a half months. But yeah, let me tell you, um, life in India also, in in Gulbarga, it was very different. In Bangalore, it was like completely different. And uh, in UK, it's 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 like i'm going on stairs so uh gulbarga is at the bottom and then it was bangalore and i think uh the standard of living here is is you know way better than what it was uh, in the places that i've uh, you know lived before but yeah there are certain drawbacks like i don't like to eat food from the fridge i i just don't like that i just don't <laughs> like to like re- reheat the same food and yeah
0: <laughs> okay. uh, um, so, so uh, I mean, as a student, what do you notice differently? Having been a student in oh. India and now being a student um, at, the, at a university in the UK, what do you find different? I I don't
1: know. I mean, I don't want to, uh, like, you know, be uh, a person. I think everybody is going to target me after this, but I, I let me be open about it. Uh, in India, I honestly felt like... Uh, it was way more difficult because uh, of the way people treat you, I think, because uh, I was never free um, asking my lecturers about uh, the questions that I had or go and talk to them and have a conversation and you know, uh, dig things uh, in a to- about a topic, pick their brain or whatever. and uh, I think I think that is very easy in the UK like, professors are like so friendly they they it, it's like uh you know like they they are very open and free and they're like very non-judgmental
0: mm-hmm. but
1: i think i i didn't have that in Gulberga at least like when i was studying
0: i mean it's something actually that we talked about um uh, yeah. on your podcast wasn't it that there is a there's less i mean there is a hierarchy there's always hierarchies but it's it's much less it's much flatter in the uk and there's a lot more, uh, you know, people are much more approachable, generally friendly. There's less of the yes, sir, no, sir. I still find it weird when I get doctors who come over and they keep calling me, sir. And I'm like, shut oh. up, I'm not that old. Flipping F. Yeah, stop calling yeah. me, sir. Yeah, yeah, you know, just call me doctor, or whatever, but that's fine. I mean, I, even that I find strange, people calling me Dr. Majid, Dr. Sheikh or whatever, you know, even that I find a little bit odd. But I've got used to that. You know, yeah. um, but people when people call you sir, it's like, no, shut up, please. I'm not your yeah, headmaster. I, yeah. I think
1: I did that when, when I first moved here. I was like referring to my professors as sir so and ma'am, and one of my uh professors was like, I'm not the queen, don't call me ma'am. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> like,
1: so now I just call everybody as professor, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. And it's actually quite nice on how the entire classroom discussion takes place we like my lectures are so much more fun i think uh recently like we have uh one of our professors professor Ziad, and we played like a kbc uh, like oh okay, about yeah who topic. wants to be a millionaire yeah yeah so yeah so we played a game with him and every class is different like everybody tries to it's it's more fun it's more interactive you learn more Uh, at least uh, for me I think this is a better way of learning than what we have in India because it's it's very it's very boring in India because it's just like you know one presentation and the lecturer is just standing there and talking and talking and talking there's no there's like really minimum interaction if I have Mm. to say
0: i mean uh i suppose i should put up a little disclaimer because i don't want everybody to start hating on me as well obviously your <laughs> mileage may vary every every place is different some places are good some places are bad and etc cetera, etc cetera. and these are massive generalizations to say that for yeah. everybody but you know it, p- people's personal experience are what people uh, take, you know, a- anecdotal evidence, maybe anecdotal, but it is very important. It's still passed mm-hmm. as a degree of evidence and word of mouth is often probably the strongest uh, uh recommendation or uh, discouragement. I'm, uh, I was, it's less nowadays, but, you know, I'm a bit, uh, I am was a bit of a movie buff. You know, I used to watch quite a lot of uh, cinema and, you know, the concept of word of mouth, the word of mouth hit, you know, not the one that's had or the advertising and has the biggest stars and actors and Marvel or DC or whatever. But the one that, you know, your mates would say, you know, this is a really damn good movie should watch mm-hmm. this. This is a damn good movie. You know, that was a recommendation that I was always, you know, Oh, well, I really should go and watch this then, you know, rather than, you know, just standard advertising. And I think that, that, um, you know, it's important. People's experiences are important because, uh ultimately, the you know life is a collection of experiences, and often the people that you learn most from are people whose experience you look at and you see what it is that they have brought to the table and how that can help uh you know you and yourself in your uh life and you know whether that's a professional personal uh societal whatever that may be. Uh, so I just want to thank you uh, very much, uh, uh, Dr. Huma, for coming uh, on this uh, uh, episode of uh, Atypical Anestist. I have a tagline I think I'm going to call this extracting information. You know, not uh-huh. extracting teeth, but extracting information. Because <laughs> I feel that's what I've done from you today. Um, you can catch uh, Dr. Huma as Indian dentist uh, on Instagram and uh, she has a podcast which uh, she kindly allowed me to come on and uh, talk my nonsense as well. Um, uh, and I just again I just want to say uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, any final words?
1: Um, thank you for having me and I was as I told you yesterday I was like really nervous about it but I think I did okay. <laughs>
0: Oh, I think you did very well. Um, You know, in the same way that there's no sir or ma'am, this isn't an exam either. (laughs) You know, know? but if you want, I will give you straight A's for effort and, (laughs) and knowledge, if that will make you feel better
1: you know a shiny a, a shiny star always makes you feel better
0: oh yes yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> do, 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 do you want one of those little stickers that you put on yeah. you know like your kids you know well done i did well today my podcast yeah. hero <laughs> that kind of thing brilliant well thank you very much uh, i encourage everybody who's a, a dentist or even if then you're not a dentist and you just want to know a bit about um, the field, uh, to check out Indian Dentist on Instagram and check the podcast out. And uh, if you guys have any um, uh, thoughts on um, my uh, uh, podcast, then don't let me know. Oh, sorry, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> you can contact me as well um, on Atypical dentist on Instagram, um, Atypical Doctor on Uh, Twitter, and obviously listen to the podcast. Thank you very much, everyone. And with that, I shall bid you adieu. Goodbye. Goodbye.